0: In this digital first world, the old ways of recruiting are becoming obsolete. Or are they? The talent demands on every business has put TA squarely in the hot seat. Welcome to Talent Acquisition in the Trenches, a real dialogue podcast with talent acquisition pros closest to the front line. We want to talk to our peers who are actually doing the heavy lifting day in and day out. You're going to learn what their biggest challenges are and how they're being solved. I'm your host, Matt Reimer, and I'm here to talk about TA. I've been in TA for over 20 years, and what I know is that I don't know. I'm here to listen and learn just like you. No scripts, just real dialogue. Talent Acquisition in the Trenches is powered by NACR, the preeminent association for healthcare recruitment professionals focused on education, networking, and providing resources to enable our members to become strategic business partners in the ever-changing healthcare environment. My friends call me Reimer, so friends, let's create some new riffs with Reimer. Thanks for trenching in. Today's guest is Kurt Stillwagon. Kurt is the Senior Director of Talent Acquisition at WellSpan. WellSpan is situated in South Central PA, serving a five-county region with over 20,000 employees. His TA team consists of 50 TA professionals filling a little over 6,000 positions in 2021. They carry a heavy rec load of over 2,000 on any given week. Uh, Kurt and I, we go way back. He and I spent uh, the beginning parts of our career at UPMC, where we uh, supported the build out of uh, some centralized infrastructure there. I know Kurt is a data-driven, excellent leader, and and really well-respected amongst his peers. This episode, we get into a lot. Uh, We get into really recruiter training and some of the foundational uh, training that both he and I received uh, in growing up in staffing at, at Allegis Group dealing really with the unpredictability associated with hiring, farming new talent and creating new career pathways, and really putting our clinical partners first. Uh, We we talk a lot about um, striking the balance between uh, the data and the reporting that we're doing and the relationships that we're building uh, day in and day out you also learn uh, really what Kurt's big idea is uh, as it relates to really the future of, of healthcare recruitment and what we need to be doing uh, out in the community. Kurt, Matt, welcome to the trenches. Thanks for having me. Yeah, super excited about this one and loving the beard, man. Uh, I, I know uh, by the time this uh, this one gets released, we'll be in. Uh, November, so I'm gonna have some catching up to do. So you're looking good.
1: Yeah, you know, all this uh <laughs> recruitment and how crazy it's been, I gotta balance the hair on my head. So I've been losing a lot and yeah. have to grow some more.
0: <laughs> yeah, love it. Love it, man. So well, hey, welcome to the show. I've been really looking forward to this one and uh Having a chance to sit down with you, and uh, I'm sure we'll get into you know uh, where we work together and how we met. But really interested out of the gates just to learn a little bit more about uh, you know your team. What's what's going on at WellSpan? Kind of what's the team up to? How many wrecks you are running? Like what's what's happening in, uh, in in your world?
1: Yeah, it's been uh, a crazy ride. I've been here at WellSpan for about three years, so five months without the pandemic. Um, so it has been a, a crazy ride. Uh, we've grown the team to about 50 uh, individuals. Um, mm. Have a lot of recruiters, um, onboarding specialists, um, uh, a lot of support staff to go along with it, and uh, that makes uh, that makes the magic happen. Um, last year, we filled about uh, 6,500 positions. Uh, mm. Currently, we have we're trending up a little bit. We're about 2,000 open requisitions. Um, seven different hospitals, 20,000 employees. Um, so it, it really takes a village to make it all work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, um, you know, the, the, the question or the point that I wanted to start with and kind of, when we think about building these teams out, um, one of the uh, similarities that I know you and I have is that we, we both started, uh, in staffing. Uh, And so we both started, uh, you know, actually for the the same company, Mm -hmm. uh, Allegis Group. And so I I always profess that, you know, for at least me, you know, pound for pound, that was some of the best training, uh, you know, that one could get coming right out of school. And so I'm just kind of curious, you know, are you still feeling the same about that training? Uh, You know, when when you bring on a new recruiter into your shop, is there things that you do to kind of get them up to the standard? Talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think no doubt that the staffing background really helped me prepare for this journey in healthcare and with recruitment. Um, understanding the business side of things um, is was essential for for what I'm doing today. Um, uh, I think especially in healthcare where you have so many leaders that have come up through the clinical ladders not necessarily having the business side of it and you really have to influence them when it comes to hiring decisions for the business Mm -hmm. reasons behind it so um that has been uh, i think an essential uh, part of my background and i think it's something we look for whenever we are hiring new members to the team um you can't always get people from uh staffing and that's okay um, but to have people that come with applicable skills that have worked in uh, i don't want to say just in healthcare, but also um you know, in in multi in in pretty complex organizations, um, that really helps out quite a bit. Somebody that mm-hmm. that can be flexible, that uh, good customer service with managers and cl- and candidates, um, and is able to to really roll with the punches. Um, uh, I think that's an essential part, particularly today. You got to have thick skin. Um, uh, it's not easy with a tight labor market right now. So having somebody with that background is. Um, uh, it's an imperative thing, you gotta have it. Um, I think what we do to to help further that is to really take the time. We don't don't force somebody through a training program. We let them go at their own speed, make sure they're comfortable before we move them on to the next step. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I tell everybody coming in the door is no matter what kind of experience uh, that you have in your background, if you don't leave at the end of the day and not feel somewhat overwhelmed for the first six months, Um, You're probably just not getting it and that's okay. Uh, It's a complex organization. There's complex positions. Uh, Our systems are complex. It's just, you know, there's no playbook that we can put in front of you that's going to make it make sense within that first week. It's going to take about six months uh, to really get around the block before you start to feel like you're getting your arms around it.
0: Yeah. Are you still hiring a a lot of folks out of staffing or, you you know, kind of getting them from all different walks of life at this stage? Yeah, we're getting
1: them really from all different, all different walks of life. And I think, um, at least on the professional side and in recruitment, we're starting to see, um, a little bit more talent in the market. Um, Mm -hmm. um, so I don't say want to say it's exclusive from staffing. Um, you are seeing more people come in, um, uh, to the, Uh, to the open positions that come from healthcare. So that definitely helps. Um, So I think there's a little bit more variety as far as the talent goes within healthcare recruitment now.
0: Yeah. I I just kind of curious, I certainly have my own, you know, point of view, but you know, when you think about, um, you know, some of the things that you learned back at Allegis and and I think you talked a little bit about it, is there, is there a core trait or two that you think that, you know, at, at your time in staffing that you developed that made you, uh, you know, and, and you and I had a chance to work together at UPMC, you know, you led our uh, children's hospital, um, you know, deployment. Um, and so you had a, a great career there, fast-tracked into to leadership. But is, is there some some things that that you feel like um, you learned from your time in staffing that, you know, I don't know, maybe you wouldn't have learned if you just started, you know, first out the gates in, in healthcare, uh, you know, or... Uh, was was it just kind of getting the reps that you got in in, in uh, staffing that that made you so successful? You know, in the clinical environment. I think
1: there's a lot, but I would have to say that in staffing, uh, it's an accelerated course. You know, the things mm-hmm. that you learn mm-hmm. in probably three years in healthcare, you learned in three months in staffing.
0: Yeah. And probably You're the right.
1: number one thing that that I learned, and it was at a young age. Um, was that you're dealing with the most unpredictable thing in the world and that's people, Mm -hmm. whether it's candidates, Mm -hmm. whether it's managers, um, you never know what's gonna happen. So, uh, you know, we could, we always talk, I think everybody in staffing always talks, we could write a book about the stories Mm -hmm. that we have from dealing with people every day. So eventually you you learn that that's just par for the course and and nothing ever gets too surprising for you. Um, And it's a matter of problem solving and okay, uh, things change now what do we do and thinking on your feet like that i think is just a, a core co- core component um wherever you go in life and and it certainly is held true um within healthcare and and um i'm happy that that was you know part of my education uh i think the hustle is really good you know the tempo um the always always be recruiting um you know there's no one silver bullet to to fill a position uh you got to you got to have multiple lines in the water to make it work um mm-hmm. uh, i think that's always true i think there are better times um where you might not have to have too many lines in the water but i think now especially you got to have multiple lines in the water uh there's no mm-hmm. one way to do anything um and the one thing that i think i learned when making the jump into healthcare that i had to unlearn from being in staffing was um to have good breaks and to slow down and stop and say, "All right, are we covering all the bases from a compliance standpoint? You know, does this person have all the uh, the requirements, the licensure, and all that good stuff?" Um, right. um So that's that's an essential piece of healthcare that that I had to uh, uh, to learn making that jump to.
0: Yeah the, the the uh staffing recruiter sometimes can come in um you know in those first few months and and make a lot of great fills but ba- make a heck of a mess yeah, exactly. uh, behind them uh, as it relates to compliance et cetera. So uh, shifting gears a little bit um you know at at Wellspan right now and you know obviously um you know you uh, have a lot uh going on you know t- 2000 you I think you said open positions you know kind of right now and so and you know, i guess um you know uh you know when you think about all these different lines that you all have in the water um anything that you're really liking right now anything that's really working and that you're you're excited about that the team's focused in on or is the strategy you know really kind of what we would all maybe as ta leaders uh, anticipate it to be um you know just kind of curious uh you know how how it's working right now for you and at wellspan and you're in york right york pa yeah.
1: Yeah, we're in South Central PA, so we're in five different counties. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, York is the main hub, um, but we're we're pretty much throughout uh, throughout York and in the surrounding area. Um, you know, we gotta we of course have to keep up with the competition. Uh, we have to keep our name out there. So recruitment marketing is definitely key. We have a good um, uh, a good team uh, that helps mm-hmm. support that area of it. But um, you know, I, I think the the recruiters as well. Um, you know, they can sometimes get lost in the fact of how many recs that they have. But um, in mm-hmm. the world that we're living in, in a tight labor market, there's probably not that many applicants. So mm-hmm. you, you, you have to have good conversations with them to say, hey, look, um, don't let the rec number, um, you know, impede your performance. Um, let's get back to the basics and make sure that we're maximizing all the, the applicants that we have because they're so valuable, each and every one of them, to make sure that we can't plug them in a, a different role somewhere in the organization since we have so many openings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think probably the, the the thing that we're working on the hardest right now is is the farming part of this, and that's you got to mm-hmm. grow people. Um, mm-hmm. There's just not enough being produced within the, the communities and with the schools to keep up with it. So what can we do internally? um, to make that work. So the workforce development side, um, being, um, closely aligned with talent acquisition, I think is, is, um, the latest secret sauce that we have, uh, to trying to make Mm -hmm. this, this all work. But, um, you know, that too is not. Are you
0: heading up workforce development?
1: Uh, no, I'm aligned with it. Um, that's something that we're getting, uh, um, that we just recently brought over that area from, uh, from our OL and D area. Um mm-hmm. because we see the similarities, so um we're starting to uh understand what the needs are based on the the t a needs and and putting together plans mm-hmm. and and uh heading in that direction. Um, so there's a lot of exciting stuff coming out of that, um, that we're looking forward to, but again, it's not an immediate fix. It's something that's going to take a
0: little bit
1: longer to get to, but, um, it's, it's, it's definitely exciting. For specific
0: roles inside of the organization, you know, I guess Mm -hmm. where, where's the focus at from a farming perspective or kind of how, how are you, how are you all looking at it? You know, when. You know when you're when you're thinking about mobility and 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 growing some of your own.
1: Yeah, I think there are uh, you know, one of the key positions that we have on the team is a campus program specialist. So basically, mm-hmm. uh, that individual is a liaison with all the schools in the area, um, and um, much needed because you know all the competitors. There's a lot of um, a lot of those individuals at the schools, so helping us to. Um, showcase what WellSpan is all about, but also collecting a lot of the information from the schools to say, you know, how's your enrollment doing? Um, what are you looking like as far as particular programs and graduating and seeing if it meets the needs that we are that we think we're going to have over the years and then saying, all right, where, where do we need to supplement with this? Um, mm-hmm. Is there some low-hanging fruit? Are we looking at job descriptions to say, Do we really need all of these crazy qualifications or is this something that we baked in back when um, there was many more candidates? And can we strip some of these things back? And if we can, Mm
0: -hmm. then why don't
1: we just do those programs in house? Um, Mm -hmm. And so those are some of the things that we're looking to do. Um, And again, it's all based on what the needs are of the organization. and, yeah. and trying to make so all that. i assuming match.
0: a lot of like nursing support, you know, a lot of that that type of, uh, you know, kind of maybe more. I don't use the word entry points, but entry points and yeah, clinical
1: roles, clinical entry type of roles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, even within nursing, uh, one of the the things that has gone by the wayside over the years are the associate programs. And now Mm -hmm. we're saying, Hey, maybe we should take another look at that. You know, we know the schools
0: like the LPNs, is that what you're talking about? No, the
1: associate RN programs. Um, you know, that's, that's an area that's not been as attractive to, um, a lot of the schools because it's a two year Mm -hmm. program. Um, Mm -hmm. then the the needs throughout the year, the years have, uh, grown to be, well, we want BSN. Um, but now in a tight Mm -hmm. labor market, um, you kind of take what you can get and if we can get somebody through in two years to be an RN uh, and then you know hire them and say hey you can go back and get your BSN down the road um, that might be a little bit better of uh, an opportunity for us and I think the the other aspect of this is is that whenever we can control the programs Uh, We can control who's going into those programs. And can we Mm -hmm. impact the communities a little bit more? Uh, Can we Mm -hmm. look at some of those uh, less fortunate areas and do scholarship programs? Um, And by having that in-house, we have that control.
0: Yeah, I love that. And that's a great, uh, that's a great point. I never actually really thought about that idea, you know, just that you do have more control and can maybe, you know, kind of target some of the communities that that are that you're serving on a day in and day out basis. You talked a little bit about the uh, high recruiter workloads. And um, certainly, hearing that, you know, again and again, um, is there a, is there a target that you like to have them at? And you know, are, are you able to share how far away you are from that target? And then, I guess this is a follow up to that. Assuming that they are high, how how are you going about prioritizing work, mm-hmm. uh, which is a big topic inside of a lot of organizations today?
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of it depends on what the individuals are recruiting for. Um, I mm-hmm. think certain roles um, can uh warrant higher rec volumes and uh some roles require less. Um you know, we want to keep um keep maybe our clinical roles in the you know, maybe uh, 50 to 70 rec range. Um I think everybody's mm-hmm. running over that, um probably in the 70 to 100 range. Um mm-hmm. but again, mm-hmm. whenever you start to look at it and strip it back a little bit, maybe the applicants aren't there. So, um mm-hmm. what are we doing in addition uh, not getting lost in the, the number of recs that we have, uh, to help with sourcing. Um, what we do as a, a leadership group, a TA leadership group is, uh, weekly. Um, we line everybody up, we look at their rec volumes and we see who's jumping up and who's mm-hmm. fallen behind a little bit and, um, trying to just balance the workload among all the recruiters. Um, you know, it's, it's been challenging because, uh, there's been a lot of that adjustment over the past couple of years mm-hmm. because um, things have been changing that fast. And, um, you know, that's part of the flexibility that, that you need uh, to be a recruiter these days, because, you know, one week you could be working on something, then we're going to completely switch that and go the other direction. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, you know, it's not because it's a, a, a leadership decision. It's a, it's where the organization needs us to to focus in on, um, yeah. so that's why we take a look at it, um, every single week and, and see if we can make adjustments.
0: That's great. Now in your model, do you have, um, sourcers like people that just focus solely on lead gen and outbound? We do.
1: Um, um, we have, um, we have some openings right now that we're working to fill, but eventually we'll have, uh, a total of five. Um, we'll have a couple focused on nursing. Um, we'll have a couple focused on allied health. Um, mm-hmm. and we'll have, uh, another focused on, uh, behavioral health and, uh, mm-hmm. potentially, uh, looking at our med group too, for sourcing.
0: Yeah. Do you have, uh, do you have, uh, I guess, expectations of the recruiters who are carrying rec loads, um, to do sourcing activities as well, or is, are they more focused on the hiring managers and, and process?
1: Um, you know, that's their main goal is to fill positions and if they're not, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting, getting candidates through the process. Um, uh, it, it should be because that they don't have candidates to, to put through the process. And if that's the case, then Mm -hmm. it's, you know, what can we, what can they do to work with the sourcers to say where do you need me to fill in? Um, Mm -hmm. also we've ramped up the events that we're going to, uh, the school visits that we have. So our campus program specialists might not be able to cover everything. Uh, and that's Mm -hmm. where we will tap on the recruiters to, uh, uh, to get involved in that way. But, um, uh, again, it's the flexibility piece of it. It's, um, doing whatever we need to, 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 fill positions.
0: Yeah. That's great, man. So, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, looking, uh, ahead a, a bit and, um, you know, kind of as you guys are, uh, kind of focusing on, you know, farming and, you know, again, just like everybody else, the one, the candidate, gen. um, Beyond that, you know, any any major innovations happening or, you know, tech that you're excited about or process changes that you're focused in on that uh, might be interesting to, to talk about?
1: Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, it might not be a, a major advancement uh, to the outside world, but at least for us, we're, we're moving to a, um, a new ERP system um, over mm. the next uh, 18 months or so um, that will be really revamp, um, how we, we do our processes. Um, you know, I've, I've been through it before and, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the impact that it's going to make for WellSpan, um, because the administrative mm-hmm. burden that's on the recruiters right now is, uh, is pretty extreme. Um, and that mm-hmm. is not filling and Rex, That's just, um, uh, data entry that that um, you know they don't want to do it, it, there's a lot of error that happens just because of the nature of what it is um, and to get mm-hmm. that burden off of them and, and to make them more efficient is just going to make them that much more effective so we're really looking forward to that
0: so is ERP going to impact uh, you know your ATS and kind of what you use from a core stack perspective yeah all
1: HR systems um, uh, mm. and it will even go into our finance and supply chain areas too it's a big deployment big deployment yeah looking forward to it yeah
0: yeah so you know kind of as we continue to talk about the recruiters and you know i've heard this before and and i you know i don't know that i've actually ever, ever had a recruiter tell me this but um you know i saw this out there as a point of view and you know i guess when you think about recruiter retention and keeping your team glued together um, you know, some some might su- suggest that the tools are very important, you know, and so if they've got great tools, they've got good, you know, weaponry, if you will, that they might, you know, hang out with you uh, a little bit longer. Um, how's it going as it relates to, you know, kind of your team and, and retaining the talent acquisition team uh, kind of in this, in this tight market?
1: I think it's been going um, pretty good. We had a, a nice um, adjustment earlier in this year, um, to salaries, um, because of mm-hmm. how goofy the, the market has been. Um, and, um, we, we wanted to, you know, I think a lot of the focus at that point was on, uh, the clinical staff. And, uh, at the same time we started to say, Hey, what about the recruiters? Because, uh, yeah. in a tight labor market, they are going to be as, as critical as, as, uh, anybody else. You know, if you're not able to fill positions, uh, they're, they're a critical part of that. So we took a look at that and. Uh, to make sure that we're, we're equitable with the market and, uh, um, bumped everybody up a little bit, uh, which I think, um, starts the conversation then as far as retention. Um, mm-hmm. I think having the resources, not even from a technology perspective, but just having the right mix of, uh, players on the team, like sourcing specialists. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have a business analyst on the team as well, campus program specialist. Um, those are all key components to keep recruiters in their seat, filling positions, and working with managers. Um, so I think that helps to uh, uh, enable retention as well. And then you know, tack on the fact that we have a, a pretty big lift as far as technology coming down the road that's going to clean up a lot of the inefficiencies that we have in the process. Um, I think that all helps to uh, uh, to keep people on board. Um, I, I think the other end of it too is knowing that. Um, uh you know we don't anticipate anybody to stay with us um forever. Um mm-hmm. you know we'd we'd love to have somebody on board as long as we can. Um we want to mm-hmm. keep engagement up. That's that's something that we look at quite a bit. But uh at the end of the day, um those individuals need to work watch out for themselves and uh and it's a, a great market for them to to see what the, the grass is like on the other side of the fence, see if it's greener. Um so we just have to be prepared for whenever those changes happen um and be able to bring people on board quickly and be able to train them up and and keep moving uh in fact to help with that one of the roles that we have on the team is a float recruiter position um Mm. that jumps in whenever we have people out on leave Uh, we have initiatives going on with the organization that we need to move them over to um or if uh you know we have a gap where where somebody has left and we're working to to backfill a position um yeah. I think going into that, you know, whenever we proposed that to this float person, they kind of said, well, is this going to be a long-term thing? And we said there's no doubt yeah. about it. And that was, you know, 3 3 yeah, years yeah, ago yeah. and they've been busy
0: ever since. So, yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, you've been in healthcare for what? Um I got I'm looking at at least what 17 20 years. 17 now? I mean, years like you've yeah. been in it for a minute, yeah. right? One of the things that um turnover, I'm assuming at WellSpan is a challenge like it is everywhere else. I just kind sure. of make that assumption. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that, you know, is a is a dichotomy that, you know, I think we all are are wrestling with is this idea of, you know, hey, if the turnover could, could maybe, you know, cool off a little bit that, you know, the acquisition side might not be as intense. Right. And so it, it sometimes I think puts um, the recruiters in the line of fire with the hiring managers, the unit directors, and, um, you know, I guess keeping um, calm and and keeping empathy and understanding, you know, the, the, the point of view of the unit director who's, you know, he or she's trying to, you know, pull the schedule together, trying to keep it glued together, um, maybe not intentionally having turnover issues, you know, maybe there's macro issues or whatever. How, how are you going about, um, you know, I guess? Coaching and leading recruiters through that very challenging interaction—it's not like that never existed. Mm-hmm. I think that's always been a thing, um, but it, it just seems amped up a level or two here. Um, you know, as of recent, I'm just kind of curious what 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 the what you all do internally to kind of keep that ahead of you.
1: Yeah, I think part of it is setting setting the stage for it and making sure everybody mm-hmm. understands. Um, who they're they're working with, you know, particularly those individuals, those recruiters that are coming in that have not been in healthcare before, and to mm-hmm. say, hey, look, if you know, you might be working with a nurse manager, for example, and you don't know what they're coming into the room and picking up the phone to call you, uh, you don't know what happened right before that, you know, this, you yeah. know, it it is it is literally at times life and death for them uh, on a daily basis. And so mm-hmm. they could be a little bit short with you. Um, you need to have some thick screen. Um, but at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're great people. Um, they'll always be appreciative of you. It just might might be that every action, every interaction is not that way. Um, and there's yeah. probably a pretty good reason for it. Now add in the fact that yeah. the labor market has become what it is uh, and staffing is, is very tight for them at times. It only adds to that. And uh, like you said, it's it's the empathy side of it. And you got to understand that there's a lot more going on in their world um, that can might impact that interaction and just, uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt and and um, mm-hmm. move on and just, uh, you know, see if it gets any better. Um, and if not, then, then let's talk about it and see if there's more that we can do to help support them or, or make it easier yeah. for them uh, in the long run.
0: Is there tips and tricks? So like, if I, let's say I'm a new recruiter, and I'm going into, you know, now you just gave me 30 hiring managers here, I need to build relationships with, you know, we, we I think, regardless of automation and AI, we're still in a relationship business. And and so is there tips and tricks that you um, coach your recruiters up on and kind of initiating those relationships? Is there ways that um you know you all look at maybe kind of disarming those types of situations so that you can get down to the task at hand
1: yeah i think first and foremost like you said it's a relationship business um Mm -hmm. add in the fact that during the pandemic we've gone virtual and they haven't Mm -hmm. um so Mm -hmm. trying to get in front of people whenever it makes sense um -hmm. i think is key i think it says a lot um to be um you know, no pun intended, in the trenches with them at times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. maybe not in uh, this time of the year in the flu season or whenever COVID's uh, pretty high, but maybe in those those slower times, um, popping in to say hello, making some rounds at the the areas you support, if you can, uh, I think goes a long way. Uh, I think the other time of other part of it too is you know getting feedback from people, especially whenever they're that busy, uh, can be challenging. Mm-hmm. So. Finding a way to do that, setting up routine times every week um, to get feedback, to collect feedback. Um, I think another part of it too is that uh, as those managers start to realize their time is is getting tighter and tighter, um, us jumping in and saying, "Hey, what if we made the decisions for you?" You know, we've been mm-hmm. working with you for a while. What if we um, asked a little bit more questions whenever we're phone screening people, asked a few more questions um aligned it with what you typically ask people and if they check all the boxes we'll make them an offer getting off the phone with them um Mm -hmm. and then part of that offer will be they have to come in and chat for a little bit so you'll still have the ability to interact with them um but we're going to gain some efficiencies in doing that they're going to show we're going to show our commitment to them um and it's going to be less impactful to you from a, a timing standpoint
0: yeah. Yeah. I love that. I was talking to a TA uh, head, uh, you know, here, um, uh, actually just back and forth on LinkedIn. We we're going back and forth and, and, uh, I asked her that question. I actually heard her talk about it on a podcast, never used it, but I thought it was a cool one. And, and she said how, uh, she sometimes will, will disarm, um, you know, hiring managers and she's a completely different industry is she'll use the question. What do you need right now? Mm-hmm. That's great. And I thought that was a nice piercing kind of question, um, to kind of get at, um, you know a lot of different things you know hey i'm I'm here to help um but then you know kind of that empathy um dynamic and so a lot a lot of wisdom there man i i appreciate it I, I i'm sure the recruiters will appreciate uh hearing um you know your perspective there because it it's just it's a very challenging part of their job i, I think and we just actually got done with a uh, voice of the customer survey mm-hmm. here so we're just getting some data back um and generally the data is positive you know i think the The hiring managers understand the market conditions that we're in like they get it um and so you know i think some of their frustration you know and i'm just going to paint a broad brush here isn't about the recruiter he or she self you know on a whole obviously we're going to have performance challenges or whatever that we got to deal with um it's more about the uh you know dynamic that they find themselves in they find themselves within one of the hardest jobs that exists and not enough, literally not enough people to, to do the jobs that, that need to be done. And so, um, you know, I think their frustrations maybe are aimed differently. And and sometimes, you know, we as humans tend to take um, those things personally, mm-hmm. and it's just not personal to the recruiter. So
1: Yeah, you'll, you'll hear that a lot in conversations about, you know, we're, we're struggling with recruitment. And I think, you know, on, on our side of it, we initially get our, uh, the, the hair up on the back of our neck and we kind of start to uh, sit up a little straighter to say, what do you mean? we're struggling and uh it's not something we we should take personally um they're not saying you know you specifically are the problem um it's just in general recruitment is tough right now and that's that's part of having that thick skin and and knowing look you know at the end of the day i'm doing the best i can uh and it should help you sleep at night uh you know it's not it's not you it's it's the market you know you it's hard to find people when there aren't people to find
0: Join hundreds of your healthcare TA peers and enjoy the benefits of a NACR membership today. Free educational webinars, access to our listserv, and discounts to your CHCR certification. All of this and much, much more for as low as $80 per person annually. Learn more at NACR.com. That's N-A-H-C-R.com. We're at a half hour here, so I'm going to do a a sprint over the next 10 to 15 minutes. Got a few more questions uh, I'd like to ask and and dig into. And so I, I know you... As a highly data-oriented leader, mm-hmm. um, and, that, and that's uh, one of the things when you and I worked together, um, you know, we spent a lot of time, you know, digging into to data, building dashboards, et cetera. I'm just curious to check back in and and uh, ask the question, you know, what what uh, what are you looking at now on your dashboard? Like, what are you focused in on? Um, h- how do you use data, maybe? to um, ensure to the best of your ability, the health of your operation. I'm just kind of curious to, to, to press on that one a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think um, we, we are still very data-driven um, and we've really had to, to dial it back a little bit to say, what's telling the story here? Um, mm-hmm. We had, I, I remember it very well towards the onset of the pandemic, uh, I got a call from a CNO Um, And they said in all the years that they've worked here, they've never seen recruitment so bad for RNs at their hospital. So I took Mm -hmm. that and I went back to the recruiters and they they were surprised by it because they thought they were doing pretty good. And we just basically put together a dashboard that said, here are all the open positions, here's where everything sits, and went back to the CNO with it. And she called me and she said, in all the years that she's been with the organization, she's never seen recruitment for RNs look so good. And that was all within a month. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't do anything different.
0: (laughs) We didn't do anything different. Uh,
1: We just presented the data to tell the story to say, Hey, you Mm -hmm. might be looking at all Mm -hmm. the vacancies, but you know, we have a majority of those vacancies filled. We're just waiting for the people to get started. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know, we've, we've learned that lesson and started to carry that forward and it couldn't have come at a better time because as you get into the um, in through the pandemic and you start seeing this crazy turnover, Um, You know, people might not see the leaders might not see the needle move as far as their vacancy. But whenever you put it in front of them and say, hey, look, you know, we hired 50 and you turned over 60. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what what can we do to help slow that turnover? Maybe we should we should focus more on that end of it than we are on the the front Mm -hmm. end of it, because we're doing we're doing pretty good on that end. Um, So I think it's those things, you know, don't get too crazy with the data. Don't start looking at, at too much. Uh, and I think that's something that we've really learned is you gotta dial it back a little bit, get back to the basics, uh, don't get yeah. lost in the, the high rec numbers. Uh, and what are we doing day to day to just fill recs? Where's where is the problem? Yeah. Is it we're not having enough applicants? And if we're not having enough applicants, uh, how much sourcing are we doing? Where are we doing it? Is it effective? Uh, and just keep asking the why's and, and figuring out where the problems are. Knowing that uh, you might not be able to find that one issue it's going to solve everything, but you got to try it. And, you know, a lot of the ideas that we come up with, um, might be just enough to get things off the ground and they're not going to be perfect. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to learn from it and you just got to keep at it. And, and, uh, you know, eventually things will break and, and it'll get better, but it's, it's going to be a, a long road ahead. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'd love to to see that dashboard that turned turned that CNO around. Uh and, and again, I think a lot of it, you know, and you, you kinda hit the, the nail on the head is is transparency. Sometimes it's difficult to do at scale. Um, you know, when you think about it. And and the the um the cadence to which um you know, a uh you know, a hiring manager or hiring leader, a CNO in that that scenario Wants to, that data, like they're thirsty for that, and um, you know, I, we we uh, we talk a lot about inside of Trinity, um, you know, just how we can try to get ahead of that in our cadence of proactively communicating. So let's not wait until it gets on top of us. But but the reality is, is like everybody consumes data a little bit differently. Some people are into it. Some people kind of you know, and and so. You know we 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 try, and I'm just kind of curious you know how much customization you all do kind of in your program, but we try as hard as we can to create kind of templated stuff that we're moving out that we think addresses, you know, let's say ninety percent of the challenges and not do a ton of customiz- customization. I just don't want the leaders and the managers you know spending their entire week writing reports you know developing reports so how do you how do you strike a balance yeah there?
1: we are on the same same path right now we had a lot of customization mm-hmm. over the past couple of years um and now that we have a, a business analyst on board to to wrap their arms around all those reports the the one goal is how do we strip this back to make it a universal template to make sure we're it's not a a very complicated process on our end to put this information together that it's easy to digest Mm -hmm. and that it's getting to the key things that we need the organization to focus in on Um, because as you start to produce reports the the leaders are going to start like you said wanting more and wanting to look at a lot of different things and eventually you have to come back and say what what are we getting at here what are we trying to find um, and saying, mm-hmm. well, we have, you know, if you look at this, it, it's a little bit better than than dialing it down two more layers. Um, so we're on a very similar path and, and um, uh, we're at the, the very beginning stages of it to start dialing things back to more universal templates, um, which I, I think will help in the long run create more transparency because we're able to turn reports mm-hmm. around um, by entity for the entire organization a lot, a lot faster.
0: Yeah, yeah. I heard once, and and I I think this like um, parlay's into you know how you approach what we're talking about here is trust is simply consistency over time, and so if we are consistently creating some transparency, some windows into our operation that helps people understand what we maybe are doing or what we're not doing without micromanaging our operation. You know, that's kind of when I, you know, I'm like, all right, you're, you're kind of paying me to manage this operation. And so sure, I'm going to give you a few windows into it, but um, you know, a dashboard, if you will, but if you want to see the full hood and how everything's, you know, how the engines build and, you know, uh, you know, maybe change the oil for me, like, you know, we're going to need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like we need to dig into that one because that's kind of what you're paying me to do. So,
1: yeah, I agree. I you know I don't, I don't go after the, the CNOs and say, Hey, when are you going to include me on your falls meeting? Um. Yeah. You right. know, I'll let you. I'll <laughs> let you take care of that. And and, you and yeah, that yeah. You let me take care of the the inner workings. But yeah. You know. Here are the here are the high level points that that we
0: need to focus in on, um. And yeah. that you need to be aware of. Cool. Two questions, and then we uh, we can wrap up for our first session here, and hopefully we get to get back and do it again. So, first question is: You've been in healthcare for like we established here over twenty years. Why? why talk to me about your why you know and and uh you know we we talk a lot about you know employee value proposition and 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 creating a why for an organization why have you been in healthcare so long
1: well you know starting out in staffing um that was all manufacturing and and you know was making widgets every day and um, Mm uh and coming over to upmc um you know you started to see uh, what healthcare organizations did and then whenever i started working at children's hospital Anytime you walked through the hospital or, or went over to grab lunch or something, and you saw the impact that that organization has on kids, you really started to sit there and think, "We're not making widgets here. Um, mm-hmm. We're impacting the lives of kids every day." And even from where I sat, which was a heck of a long way from the bedside, uh, I still felt that I was I was making a difference. And mm-hmm. you know, there's there's no greater feeling with than that. And then whenever, you know, it was time to move on from children's, I thought, boy, I, I cannot see myself being uh, anywhere else, but in healthcare and, and having mm-hmm. that sort of impact. Um, uh, so that's kind of what's, what's kept me in healthcare for as, uh, as long as I, I have been. And, and, uh, you know, boy, the pandemic really put that to the test. But, you know, I think at the mm-hmm. same time, that really shows you how valuable healthcare is to communities. And, um, you know, it, it still holds true that, um, you know, we're not making widgets here. We're we're impacting yeah. the lives of communities around us every day, which is, uh, you know, hard to beat in my book.
0: Yeah, I love that, man. One last question. Sure. So uh, if you had the ability to wave a magic wand or even go rogue right now and do something that you knew was going to have exponential impact to the talent acquisition process or the talent acquisition delivery model at your organization. Um, what's that one thing that, hey, it might require some budget. Hey, it might require some energy, some effort. What's that one thing and say, man, if we could do that right now, um that would that would make an impact what 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 is that for you
1: yeah i, I don't think it's anything specific to our organization but um mm-hmm. if i was able to do that i would probably get out to um as many high schools as i could and give the message to the kids to say you know whenever i was in your seat i had no idea what i wanted to do with my life and mm-hmm. i think it's a lofty expectation to to walk out of your senior year and say, this is what I'm going to be. And then I'm going to invest the next four years of my life in college uh, and put myself in a heck of a lot of debt um, to go after that when I'm not really sure. And I would tell mm-hmm. them, don't do it. Don't go mm-hmm. to college, go to work and, mm-hmm. you know, come to a place like WellSpan. If you want to get into healthcare, if you think you do and take a look around, start in an entry-level role, and see what what speaks to you and then let mm. us pay for you to go back to school and mm-hmm. you know there are countless countless stories that we have of people starting out in housekeeping that are now nurse managers or clinical directors um and we we sponsored them throughout their career and um you know it took them to come in and, and see what that was all about to find the the path that they wanted to be on and i think um I think you know having that um, um, drive over the years from a generational perspective—you got to go to college after after high school. Um, I think that's really gotten us into a, a tough situation in the labor market that we're in. Um, mm-hmm. um, and I think a, a way to around that is to to get people to to go to uh, go to work, figure it mm-hmm. out, and then go down that path. And you might get into healthcare, and you might find out that hey, this is not for me. Um, and that's okay. Now you can scratch one off the list of things that you don't want to do, but at least you tried it. Um, uh, so I think that's, if I could wave my magic wand,
0: that's, that's what I would do. That's awesome, man. And I, it's, uh, you just motivated me literally to do something here, which is uh, exciting. I have a 14 year old, um you know daughter and and uh Addie and she's you know just started to talk about careers and you know kind of as fourteen year olds do like you just said bouncing around all kinds of different ideas and she's been talking a lot about being um becoming a nurse someday mm-hmm. um just you know based upon we' always talk about nurses and stuff in you know in my house or whatever and uh you know we had that conversation, which is like that's a cool idea because in your era, somebody, right, will pay for you to become a nurse, and so you don't actually have to pay for it yourself. But what I didn't chase it back to was some action. And so the action that I'm going to take based upon this conversation is going to, I'm going to challenge her to when she's able to volunteer uh, at um, you know, and, and we live near St. Margaret's, when she can do that, she should, to do exactly what you just said, which is to understand what's going on inside of the hospital, feel the energy both, I mean, there's, there's just an energy flow that's moving through the hospital that sometimes is very addicting. Um, you know, at least when, when I'm trying to reconnect to the mission, uh, and I'm trying to reconnect to what I'm actually doing, you know, in healthcare. And so I think experiencing that, you know, through even a volunteership or an entry-level role is, is, is dead on, man. That's a great place to, to end this conversation. Awesome. So if uh if folks uh want to connect with you or engage or learn more about Wellspan, um what's what's the best way to get a hold of Kurt?
1: Yeah, uh you can always email me at uh kstillwagon2 at wellspan.org. Uh if you want to learn more about the organization, uh you can start at joinwellspan.org and that'll link you over to the main
0: site. Nice. Sounds like you're looking for a couple sources as well. So absolutely. All right. All right, man. Well, hey, it's been, it's been great. And uh, appreciate you much. Uh, good seeing you. And uh, we'll talk soon, I'm sure.
1: Awesome. Sounds good, Matt. Great seeing you. Thanks for the opportunity. All
0: right. We want to thank you for listening to TA in the Trenches. We are produced by Iron Mike and his team at Ironbound Media. Keep up the great work, team. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and check out all of our episodes at knacker.com. That's N-A-H-C-R.com. You also can find me out on LinkedIn, where you'll find quick show riffs, feel free to ping me. I always respond. Bye for now.